The craziest part about like you telling me about that wait. girl sucking you so crazy, you wait. shit yourself. Wait. Oh shit, we're recording. Oh my goodness. Wait, Welcome you, to the Off Space you see Podcast. The narratives he tries to paint. I never. Uh, might be an Bro, you myself. said you got some sloppy, so crazy I that you diarrhea. When did it happen? Who last was it? week? Last I'm week. not gonna say the name on the podcast. Why would I say the name on the podcast? She's a listener. Please don't believe this. She's a listener. Please don't believe this, anybody. Right, don't believe it if you don't want to believe it. But welcome to the Off Space Podcast. This is your host with the mm-hmm. motherfucking most true golfer, and it's your favorite co-host, aka the Boy Wonder, El Nino, as you go off. <laughs> I love this. Nah, he sneaks in that El Nino every week, and you know what? You're you're diligent. You're working on it. I like it. You know that's become official. That's become official at this point. But how you been? How you been? I've been living good, man. Uh, this week was. Up, had its ups and downs for sure. Uh, come the weekend and for about a three day spread. Shouts out to the three day spreads. I don't know why everything appears in threes, even like songs and everything. But um, so I don't know. I had a weird low period where you could be on highs for however fucking long, and I feel like somebody is just. I'm. I become somebody who sustained that because of how driven I become, and not just driven, but happy about life, my experiences, my place on earth, my position with all these other beautiful people I'm, like, roaming this planet with. Oh, this nigga think I'm beautiful. Yeah, man. I think you're... Fuck this guy. (laughs) But it's like, I'm still a human being at the end of the day. And it was one of those points where you wake up and you just feel like you're losing. You can't put your finger on why. I feel like, obviously, I had some reasons why I thought that. But as intense as the feeling was, I couldn't place why those feelings were so passionate. But, you know, again, just immersing myself in things I like to do and just being around people... And talking like my loved ones, it made it feel a lot better. And now I'm here, and I'm happy because I've been learning the fucking guitar. And I'm not gonna lie, ever since I learned that Slash is black uh, on the last podcast, if you haven't listened to it, go ahead and check it out. <laughs> we claim um, wholeheartedly too. I don't care what percent it is. That's our nigga Slash. One hundred percent. Nah. So I feel like I'm I'm doing something that's really fulfilling right now in my soul. And I'm happy for it because I haven't been in touch with like really learning an instrument since I was younger and. Something about music and the expression that it brings is something I feel like I've become detached to, but I'm finding again. So it's it's like finding a love, rekindling a love that was gone. We found love in a hopeless place. You know what? I fuck with that. I fuck with that a lot because, I don't know, this past week has been pretty gloomy of like an overcast, I guess, of, for my emotions for me. And I couldn't put, really put my finger on why. I remembered why like a couple days ago, and I'm not going to go into that on the podcast since that's a bit too personal for me for the whole situation but um then i don't know i started to use some of the tactics we've thought about and we've talked about even on here when it comes to your support systems when it's like your family your close friends your brothers and sisters that are blood related and or not because that's a big important thing too because we're older now, so I mean, everybody has a lot of friends now or swears they have a lot of friends, whatever. And I mean, that's cool to say, but the people that are really, really close to you, I don't even consider them friends. I consider them like family at this point. And those people know who they are. Shouts out to y'all for always being there for me. But, and just looking into, you know, ourselves, you know, the potential of the human mind and what we can do to push past those times. Because I hate when people say some corny ass shit, like you're in a depressive Mm -hmm. episode or like you're going through something. They're just like, just be happy. Just be happy. No, it's not that fucking easy, but you do have the strength within yourself to dig you out. Just sometimes it's a little harder than it was Mm -hmm. previously, you know, and just through some of the hardships, through some of the lows that we go through, you build those tools to get through that shit. And a lot of times, like when you start to have these feelings that put you in this place by not just like saying just be happy because i feel like just be happy is uh 
advice for compartmentalizing like your emotions and like experiences and essentially those are going to resurface again whether they resurface stronger things like that that's just something that's going to pop out so we're humans it's, it's, you know what i'm saying yeah. so it's nice to be able to actually address it in that moment and even learn from like these down moments because life isn't just as ups and downs isn't just as ups it has downs too and how can you really appreciate the ups without the downs and it's all beautiful and learning something from it too like if you don't suffer like honestly some of the happiest times now are moments that i look back on from like my past and I was going to say my youth, like I'm not 22 years old. I'm young as shit. But uh, from my past, that I feel like I suffered it. But I look back with people who were with me in those situations. And it's, we just laugh. Like, we laugh about like, like, a certain period where exactly. we were suffering. But niggas are having a blast. Yeah. But it's just like exactly like you were talking that's, about. Because that's the journey. It's finding the beauty in the journey sometimes. Because sometimes this shit really sucks. Like this sometimes man's, this man's really brushing sucks. his beard if you're wondering what that is. Oh, yes, sir. Way. You know what I'm saying? Luscious. But sometimes that shit really sucks. But it's just being able to find those good pockets during those times and being able to appreciate what you got, man. I got too much positive shit going for me right now. Yes, you got sir. too much positive shit going for you right now. You know what I'm saying? Nigga, real bouncy, two internships, talk my shit a little bit, school, running two podcasts, and still doing my creative endeavors. And the most important thing, fuck all of that, is I'm keeping up with my journals, which is something that I really, really like hey. fell off that beaten path of when I was younger. Cause I, I've gone in and out of journaling since about like 16 when like the heavy depressive episode. But you started. really used to be with the journals. You know what I, I'm like, saying? I look back and I, I'm not saying like that's something that we all did because the us other siblings definitely didn't. It's just looking back at things we did as a kid, that was one of your things. I see those. Oh, I had my first grade journal still. Like the little Harry Potter. Oh, the bullshit. Harry Potter journal with the fucking, I wrote about the first time I flirted with a girl. Oh my God. I would, if I find that journal, I will read that cringy ass shit on the podcast. Cause it is hilarious. Like looking into the mind of like a first or second grader, like flirting with a woman is funny as fuck. But just like, I don't know. Everyone has their own tools that help them. And journaling has been a good one to help me. So it's just about, you know, self-awareness, accountability, and just figuring out what works for you but before we get into a typical you know what I, I, I fuck with the fact that we have these real intros sometimes you know when we really get into the nitty-gritty of like the human mind and just like the ups and downs of the shit so I was gonna say before we get into this like preachy bullshit wait I mean, we can be human beings no nah, we're not supposed to be human beings we're supposed to be funny nigga I come on man don't expect that out of me I'm not one-dimensional Oh my goodness. This nigga shit himself after getting some fire. I didn't. All right. You know, you say whatever bullshit you want to say on the podcast. I'm just not even going to fight the narratives at this point. Y'all can believe what you want to. My character speaks loudly enough. Esgo Pence 2024. <laughs> I've never claimed that nigga. <laughs> but we'll get into the heat checks for the week. Wow. I didn't even tell this nigga to choose one. I hope you're ready. I already, but, first off, you, I already oh, had my heat been check. ready. He was ready since, since I heard he was more ready than me. Oh, he said since I heard. I already know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start then. My heat check for the week and fuck all of the rules that we all wear, already have. My heat check's a whole album, but I'm going to choose one singular song for the description. But just so y'all know, on record, once again, my heat check is the My Turn album by Lil Baby because of the fact that this is the Lil Baby podcast, at least this in my eyes. Not and the Lil so, Baby podcast. No, it's the Lil Baby podcast for sure. 4PF for life, nigga. But anyways, the song I'm going to choose is, which niggas are going to, bro, I know my friends may hear this shit, may not, whatever, are going to say some shit about this, but it's a song called Emotionally Scarred. I just think that nigga was snapping. There's That's no telling. self-tweets that or anything very like telling. that. It's not telling. Shut the fuck up. It was you were crying song. in your room the other day when yeah, I found you? Nigga, tears rolling. Alligator tears, nigga. And I shit myself. So what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't lie about it like you do in the fucking podcast. <laughs> 
<laughs> but all right, yeah. wait, wait. What's the shit yourself counter at three? <laughs> we have at least twelve more coming through tonight. No. And so my turn, my little baby, the song "Emotionally Scarred." What's what's your heat check? <laughs> my heat check for this week comes from the world's best artist. <laughs> Because you already know this is a little Uzi Bird podcast, Jesus. but uh, it's a recent drop, maybe on his Eternal Take album, maybe not. But either way, it's new Uzi, and it is called That Way. This man had to do the little—I don't know if like what we consider flips and shit like that. Because I'm not the most cultured, but I'm just gonna say it's a Backstreet Boys flip. Because this, oh my god, the way this man like read the song, kind of like obviously very different, brought it his own way, but incorporated certain elements, certain lyrics. I want it that way. <laughs> I want it that. Come on, man. Uzi can't do wrong. But the Backstreet Boys even tweeted out that Uzi can be on their next album. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's that's, I, that's fire. I don't think we're going to appreciate an artist like Uzi. Oh my Because he's not like a Drake or something where you know you see certain things that are obvious uh, accolades that you need to point out for him. It's just Uzi's so culturally important. Without people even realizing it. No, people realize. No, people realize. It's just they're not like you and Cullen. <laughs> but they do realize. Shouts out to Cullen. <laughs> this man influenced a whole lot of rappers that we like right Stop now. Stop it. But I'll just say that. But shouts out to those for the heat checks then. I'll dive right into new music. And and this is going to be a little <clears throat> bit of an annotated version of new music. The way the reason I say it's going to be an annotated version of new music is because of the fact that there are going to be two albums on here that aren't entirely new that I do feel like need to mention because of the fact that my three albums, I think, but my dumbass loves these artists and miss the drops completely, like really miss. Yeah, sometimes like, when they're smaller and you're down. digesting so much music, it is easy to miss certain drops, especially like once again, like helping run like two podcasts, which aren't like hip hop podcasts. Because we do a lot more than hip-hop on this, and we do a lot more on the other one. But it's just like, just having to consume the music to have talking points, sometimes you miss some shit, like yeah. you're saying. Especially in the era we're in, with the fast consumption. But I'll get those out of the way first, because of the fact that I know that, um, I know that you probably don't have much to say about these albums. Uh, you know, uh, I doubt it. Come on, man. I, I think I do. If, it, if it's what I think you're going to say, that's why I was even going to say I want to mention an album first before we even get into it. Oh, those. go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, G Herbo dropped an album called PTSD, and I want to go ahead and formally apologize on this podcast for any comments that might have been seen on my Twitter page from when I was younger. <laughs> or just, you I've know, been trying to tell niggas Herbo 5. It's not time to tell. I know Herbo's 5, but I made a lot of dusty voice Herbo comments. And those jokes were hilarious in the past. You can't fault me for that. Katie said a lot of egregious shit about certain artists too, certain people. But G Herbo is fire now, dude. From like the interview radio shit I've been seeing, like uh, interview radio shit, like freestyles to like his album. It's just gross, just, like, man. Yeah, exactly. And he just makes good fucking music. And I'm not gonna lie, he wasn't one of those artists I expected to have uh, longevity in like the the mainstream like market. But he is, and he's even growing still and developing more like fans and bigger fan bases and like more opportunities. So shout out to G Herbo, and um, I especially the one... song with Chance, Lil Uzi. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, a little so... bit more on there, but uh, the title track song PTSD was a banger. So and I will, t- I will, I will talk on the G Herbos just a little bit, just as an, a side note. This is G Herbo and a lot of artists for me that have surprised me. Not not really surprised for me with G Herbo, just because I knew how um, cult his fan base was. At least initially, so I knew he'd be all right for a while, and I knew obviously he's going to steadily grow. But my this trend of seeing artists really mature, right, and not letting themselves just like stick 
in that 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 one box that niggas want to always classify certain artists in but really mature in a positive way like not mature on some like i'm gonna try some wild shit and it's not me type of way which i don't know these niggas it may be them but it's like where you could just tell that the music has leveled up you know what i'm saying like mature in terms of you got older you got wiser you got smarter and your music has it shows that it shows that you've leveled up as a person too yeah. and i think erbo's album definitely did that so big shouts out to g erbo um the three albums i was just going to give quick nods to we're going to be i think we already shouted out anyways by young nudie last week so i won't do that one again i mean that's just a slight shout out but um kites by anik khan is a really really fucking good album he's a bengali brother from brooklyn and so i recently went to a sango concert and he opened and uh, that, I was at that concert. That was fire. That was some shit I didn't hear from fucking 2017. I'd heard um, Habibi before. <laughs> that was the only song I was familiar with, but I hadn't ever gone back and listened to his music. He makes really, really good music. And it's still stuck in the... Well, it's from 2017, so obviously it's a different frame a little bit. It's a little bit older. Not way old. But it's 10 songs, 40 minutes, which I still love that pocket. I know not everyone loves that, like... Um, low number of songs but like full songs like four or five minute songs i love that pocket so i loved hearing that shit i know what i like uh, going on a little bit of tangent about songs like that or uh albums like that mm. you don't necessarily once you give like the first listen through or two listen throughs and once the album really resonated with you you don't get, listen to the whole album for like years to come but you listen to certain songs so when you have songs that you can go back to that you really enjoyed that were like the full like four minutes long Mm-hmm. that's nice that's definitely nice to have rather than the two minutes after it's done i need to put it on replay because fuck like i love this song but then it ends up wearing itself out because i just listened right, to like two one and a half minutes for you know the like one and a half minute fire tracks i fuck with them but it's like you make one turn and you don't even have time to just go oh back and restart God. the song you know what i'm saying like, like that break from toronto <laughs> it's like bro by the time i pull out of the driveway it's done it's like, <laughs> i gotta restart all right like obviously like that should be killing me sometimes but i mean it's still fire music mm-hmm. so shouts out to anik khan and then i wanted to also shout out um an artist that my friend Jake actually put me on named Queen Irby. She makes some fire-ass music. She's classified under R&B and soul. She can sing her ass off, but she be rapping on these albums too, and that shit is heat. Mm-hmm. Like, she is fire. She dropped uh, she dropped episode six. It's just EP six, and it's just like a series. It's, I've listened to EP one, EP two, EP three, EP four, you know, blah, 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 so on, so on. But I damn near listed them all. I said so on, so on for two for fucking five and six but anyways like ep6 just came out that shit is fire fire so i recommend that and then the last one on which is the most important to me because of how much i've championed this artist i think i even like made him a heat check two years ago during our first little run of the off space waldo i'm pretty sure like sango executive produced oh well savon and sango executively produced the waldo album they're all homies and Waldo released the album Grove. That shit is fire. This man raps. raps. Oh my god, that nigga raps like rap. You know what I like about it though? <laughs> it's not just like there's so many people who rap fast, think that they're snapping, and so like there's a lot of good rappers that'll catch themselves in that things, so, uh, even and kind of like diminishes their quality of their rap because they're I'm mean, I'm rapping it, you know. But he's not that. Even though he can he can pick up the tempo at certain points, that's not like what he tries to do, and it. And you can definitely see how good of a rapper he is because he di- didn't let himself fall into that mold. 
Absolutely. And I think the song actually was something you forgot was oh, when I, was, I played back uh, yeah. then. But like the Grove album is so fire. I cannot, like, I don't even want to give y'all one song to skip to or to like feel out the album. Just go and listen to the whole Grove album because that shit is fire from start to finish. Like that is a really, really fucking good, complete piece of work. So I definitely wanted to give them their shouts. Other new music that came out that was notice, notable was We Not Lazy by Money Man. You know, oh, no, it was Epidemic by Money Man. Sorry, the song is called We Not Lazy. And Money Man is just like a good street artist, like really, really good street artist. Really fuck with his music. So shouts out to him. And then the, My Turn by Lil Baby Boy. Like this Lil Baby album, I want to give it its poetic justice mm -hmm. by saying it did the exact same thing that the Roddy Rich album did for me. It's like, I love, you know how much I love Lil Baby, like obviously. And so. When I first listened to my turn, I was like, damn, man. I mean, this album's straight, but it wasn't, it wasn't what I was looking for in a little Baby album. And then I listened to it like two more times. And each time, now I've listened to the album at least 12 or 13 times, like for sure. All mm -hmm. the way through, I have not skipped yet. And that album somehow sounds better every listen. And the Roddy Rich album did the same shit. Because I remember coming on here and saying some shit or talking to Ezgo at least because I think we had a small yeah. hiatus at that time where I was like, man, Roddy didn't really, you know, give me that Roddy I was looking yeah, for, blah, blah, blah. I mentioned like sometimes you just got to, for artists like these especially, I know when the sound's different from what you're wanting to hear or like, expecting to hear, uh, you just got to like, again, like listen to it a few more times, give it a little bit of a chance and it, it comes back different. And, and that's a the way thing it came back different for you is just like you could see it. And that's a big thing in music that I used to really value. And I think we've gotten spoiled with this microwave era a little bit just because people make music that sounds good on first listen but wears off quickly. Yeah. Like there's a lot of music that sounds straight on first listen but grows on you and becomes outstanding and then sticks in your mind forever. That, that was Jesus is King. It, it was good on first listen. I haven't listened again. I haven't pressed play. Like I couldn't. But so that My Turn album, Crazy... My favorite songs, I already did one for a heat check. I, I'm not even going to go through. That's going to be another one that I just say, like, please just go listen to the whole album whenever you get the fucking chance because that man just makes good music. Yeah. And apparently he's met, putting out the um, Lamborghini Boys mixtape at some point this year. Lamborghini too, Boys. Which, from... What, I'm not going to lie. That's a damn shame that he's putting that out because um, at least he said boys. So that's plural. That's what I was about it's to say. Plural, and I'm not saying like the people that are going to come on. I'm taking it in a way that you're not going to expect. It's the fact that this many people own Lamborghinis, and I'm sure not all of them can really drive Lambos the way that they should be driven. <laughs> bro, bro, a shame. No, it's just like if I had to guess. This is complete speculation. I've done zero research. I'm an idiot. Please don't take my word for fucking facts. Like, don't like cool. Like, we're just gonna get that out of the way. But I would assume if he's dropping another mixtape so quickly after his album, which I don't know if it's quickly because we don't have release dates yet, I would assume if it comes quickly, it's gonna be like an album pro, um, like a label project of just like his four PF boys. But the people he has signed to four PF are raw too. Like, it, like he'd be having those four PF boys on a lot of his songs, and those niggas be snapping as well. So I'd be just just as happy to listen to the four PF album if that's what Lamborghini boys. He seems like he's in a locked in space. So I don't think he he's gonna necessarily put out a bad product anytime soon. Mm -hmm. Unless exactly. he gets caught up in the bullshit, which is very easy. But and it's a mixtape, so it gives him more of a chance to snap, yeah. too. Because you know how niggas be different on mixtapes sometimes. Yeah. And so, shouts out to Lil Baby once again. And then, we saved the best for last when it comes to the music. And notice how we just talked about Lil Uzi Vert, and we just talked about Lil Baby. 
and we still somehow said we saved the best for last. So that means a juggernaut has to be coming, right? Dun, 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 dun. The greatest of artists of all time. The GOAT in legend mode himself. LeBron James a rap. Aubrey Graham. Yes, Drake, sir. Yes, sir. Dropped two Lucy's. Just said, you know what? The streets can have these. These little, these little bum-ass pieces of shit songs. I ain't even worried about these shits. Just threw them out there to the streets. Said, when to say when and the Chicago freestyle. It was sad because when I you told me initially, because, you know, I'm over here on the Discord, just playing some games. Playing, Shouts out to Jesse. Yeah, as I say, playing video games with the homie Jesse. Just having a good time. Chuka pops in like, okay, I see y'all are on your bullshit. Drake just dropped two songs. More important than what you're doing. Go listen. I was like, okay, definitely more important. Like, I'm playing some League or some shit. Oh, like, this, <laughs> nigga, this nigga muted and deafened himself immediately. And then went yeah. to listen to the song. He was like, all right, yes, sir. <laughs> when he went to song, I was like, Drake dropped I got you. It's called action. And I was disappointed because when you said two songs and I listened to the YouTube video where they, it was the combination, I heard such beautiful music. Afterwards, I was like, all right, what's the second? To just see that it was the, the two combined into one video. It's like, fuck, I need more. And I just, that just is, that's not a testament that my disappointment was because I didn't have enough. That's just speak to like the art, the caliber of artist that Drake is. Cause this man just, he does not miss. At what age is he going to start to miss? Bro. It doesn't I, seem like he can age out. I don't, I think I said it on this podcast before, but this is a podcast of repetition. So I'm obviously going to say it again. I think Drake's about to give us his best project. And a lot of niggas think that's impossible for someone that's uh, looking at nearish his mid-30s, like early, uh, close to his mid-30s. I think he's like 33, 34, like already been on a run for 10 years at the top of the game. Even put out the line, 500 years of giving you niggas my pain or some shit like this. This oh No, 500 weeks, because he really was on the charts for 500 weeks straight. What is wrong with y'all? What is wrong? Anyway, someone that's been that dominant, I still believe for some reason he's about to put out his best project. And that the only reason I say that is because of a couple a couple key factors. One, last year, 2019, is the one year I could think about that Drake had a gap in a while. Where it was literally a year that he didn't drop an album. A mixtape yeah. like nothing. He just hopped on people's songs and Lucy's. That's all that's all we got. And so if he's taking his sweet time with music, and then he gives us these as Lucy's. And Drake knows he's on his his rappy back. Like Drake knows he's in his bag right now. We know that Benny the Butcher has a Drake feature coming too. I know that's about to be the grimiest Drake raps we've heard in a long time too. I feel like Drake's in his fucking Duffy right now. He's in his Duffy. I'll say I'll say this. So it's two years post the fact of his last album, Scorpion. And so the last time Drake did this was Take Care to Nothing Was the Same from 2011 to 2013, and arguably. People might not agree with me, but I think nothing was the same with Drake's best album. I think is it, it a classic and all these things. That's for uh, other debate. I don't want to get into all that because I don't give a fuck about those conversations. I feel like you know people digest music how they want to. But for me, I think nothing was the same with his best album. And it's funny because watching his interview, he said that was his favorite album, and he thought it was the most concise and all these things, and just it was like his what most well done. I think we're about to get something to that same caliber. And if we do, like Chuka said, it might not even be a hot take. We might really see that. The best album. And the only reason, and the thing is though, I know that the worst case for this next Drake album to me, and I know niggas are going to say I'm boosting, but I'm being real, is us being able to cut it down and it's still being, if we cut down five or six songs, it being Drake's best album. And the reason I even put down the cut down preface 
is because he did say though, which I think Drake is very self-aware of how much of a how big of a star he is and what people expect from him. He said like he said it best. He's the only artist that people expect two things on the same album. Like people expect R&B and they expect rap from this nigga. Yeah. And so he says it's hard to keep it concise nowadays because you can't really give someone 12 songs and it'd be six and six mm-hmm. when you expect it like 10-ish rap songs and then a lot of people expect about 10-ish R&B songs. But then you can't overdo it like Scorpion where people got exactly. like two whole albums and it's just like that's a whole lot of fucking music. But to me, I still listen to both sides of that a lot. So, I mean, again, though, I'm not every person and it would like having a more concise album like the Nothing Was The Same or like something like that to where you can bring out both these feels just effectively with each song to where each one has a long-standing impression I think he's going to give us that same caliber of music again. And speaking of shitting on yourself, dog. Who was speaking about shitting on themselves? <laughs> At what point? <laughs> now we need to talk about the important things. All right. All right. Let's so, get down to it. So Drake was in the Marcy Projects and did the song Cry Flip. Okay. You know, shout out to Hova, one of Drake's, if not Drake's biggest influence pre-rap. Obviously, Wayne hopped in there and everything once His he got into the world. Yeah. But, 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 the second side, we got a little bit of a Superman flip from Drake with women, they come, they go, Saturday through Sunday, Monday. So, because of the decline that Eminem has been on, do we give Superman to Drake? <laughs> <laughs> to just rob a man of his <laughs> of his accomplishments and his work just like you lost like gramps you got old it's not yours anymore so so are we gonna change the superman credits from marshall mathers to aubrey graham does kobe have the scoring record now because will's old and he's playing in time of countings does kobe technically have a scoring record no but the thing is though i would give kobe the scoring record r.i.p to the legend and the greatest ever but it's because of the fact that a lot of Will's numbers is lies. That nigga didn't score on Bro, there's no footage? There's no footage. Not that a nigga, single bit of it. Niggas didn't, you know, whip out the camcorder. Like, nobody across okay. the street. Apparently they had, like, I think the, the radio thing of it, though. And, like, cool. the, the announcer. You know what I'm saying? The announcer being like, oh, my God, a tall black guy scored on skinny accountant. Like, and it's and a time <laughs> where, like, obviously the NBA wasn't going to have coverage. Now, I believe the Will thing. But before we stray too far, I definitely think that uh, going on a talk that was important to that, what you were saying, though. The fact that a lot of people were up in arms and kind of mad about. One thing I will say before we deviate too far from Drake is y'all need to, before y'all make y'all stink pieces and long ass fucking bullshit on the internet when y'all hear certain lines of people's songs, I want y'all to at least go to Webster'sDictionary.com and search the definitions of words before you go on rants. Because the amount of women in particular, but people in general that were on Twitter saying that Drake was bashing his baby moms by saying it that it was a fluke, but she loves her for who he loves her for who she is, is one of the most egregious things I've ever seen. Y'all just want to hate. First off, that's beautiful because I used to see a lot of people not you know playing their saying? baby moms. Like what? Like a lot like, of people. Do y'all understand the definition of fluke? Fluke genuinely sometimes. It it, a lot of the times, fluke has a positive connotation. It was a fluke, as in it was an accident. He didn't. He didn't mean to have a child with this person, but he loves the child. Which he even said a line about he'd kill for his son, basically for lack of better arms words. for his son. And then saying that he loves his baby mom hey, for who she is. Like I'll keep referencing this like, quote. What life happens in between our plans? It's the accidents where life really and the beautiful parts of it happens. Amen. Yeah. Wait, transition. So, so go, going into it though, now before because there's still parts of this conversation that are probably important to be had. It was the fact whether or not. Uh, he was paying homage or was he just, you know, doing what dr- people like to say Drake does and like 
just biting people's shit and taking advantage of it and kind of just taking it as his own, which I don't believe because it's funny because in the same night, the same night of music drops, Uzi dropped that way. And I've seen, and this is coming from an Uzi stand myself, you know, <laughs> people receive that song in such a different manner, even though both took something from songs that were already done prior. And one, people just wanted to hate on more because of the person, even though essentially both did the same things, you know, and that was kind of, that's kind of bullshit. So if you're going to hate, just be consistent in how you hate. And not even that, you know, let me not say be consistent in how you hate, because I don't want to see hate in general if it's unwarranted. Like if, if you don't have a comment to make that's positive, that's fine. But if you don't have one to make that's even has base, like a basis to it, then don't do it. Understand what you're saying. And again, search like go to Webster's Dictionary. And if you need to search what homage means or like, you know, exactly. understand what like music is and like any other art form and how it can be inspired and like pretty much anything. All of it always has its roots from something that's happened before. And this nigga Drake is probably so, like, obviously we're not trying to make this the Drake podcast, but it's like, this nigga Drake has, is probably so tired of even the word homage at this point because of how much he's had to use it to defend himself for just being a lover of music. Like, he just always goes out of his way to pay homage to older acts and older artists and just people that inspire him. But every time Drake does it, it's biting. But every time we hear, like, the toxic flip in times three, it's like, oh, this shit hard. You know what I'm saying? I heard everybody going stupid at the clubs for weeks listening to that Spanish song that completely bit the flow of Shaggy's bathroom floor. Exactly. Bro, I it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's 90, I'm going to say 97% of popular music at this point, you could find a reference to something in the past that inspired them. Like very easily, very easily. But people always like to vindicate Drake because it's the fun thing to do. But, you know, I'm not going to get on that pedestal too much because I'm not here to like, uh, again, make this a great podcast or super defend. It's just to bring different perspectives to this conversation on what art is and where its inspiration and uh, influences can derive from and how pretty much all are affected by things of the past. So, And so we have a couple things staying on music before we move on that I do want to touch on. But before we even get into those things, just because of the news we heard earlier today, I do want to give a big off space like RIPs, condolences and love out to all of the people affected with the storms and tornadoes in Nashville, because that's crazy, man. Like we were seeing the death count. The last time I checked was already up to 20 plus people. That's and nice, people are man. looking for shelter. A tornado? Like a tornado. Bro, my like, you don't see shit bro, like that. My niggas came back from Nashville two days ago. You know what I'm saying? Like two days ago, like it could have been the homies. Like really that is close to home. And I really, really hope that Everybody is safe. Everybody's all right, the best that they can be. And just know that we are looking out for and praying for you guys. Nature's but, a fucking beast, man. But to keep it on music, we have two things. The Meg Thee Stallion situation and then Summer Walker. With Summer Walker, I'm going to start. I'm going to just... Summer Walker is not even a big whole situation or anything to talk about. But I did want to use this chance to to just speak from the heart on a certain topic that means a lot to me. And that is... Obviously, we are in one of the hardest times mentally in history, and a lot of it is attributed to social media and being able to have all of these eyes and ears and opinions, you know, shot at you at all times. And 
the Summer Walker situation, I'm not going to speak on it too much because I'm not that young lady and I'm, you know, no one that knows her and even all jokes said prior aside and whatever, you know, it's just the reason that I do want to speak on this, it's a little bit akin to the old Lil' Kim situation and Lil' Kim didn't even have all the internet and stuff like that. So I can only imagine like what women go through in those industries, you know, with what they have to deal with and the pressure they get put on to look a certain type of way and act a certain type of way. And I really do like feel for our women for the sheer fact that dog summer walker once again i'm not speaking on the surgeries or anything having to do with those things and obviously this is my opinion this may not have been what she saw in the mirror right but even through all the jokes i've said and all the laughs we've had on like little past things summer walkers was one of the most beautiful people on the planet you, you know to me to me personally yeah. though but obviously she didn't see that and felt that some changes need to be made. And obviously, you know, I'm not somebody that's going to sit here and shit on and talk down on plastic surgery because of the fact that if you really want to do something for yourself, do it for yourself. I'm not the one that controls your body. I don't control your pockets. But I'm here to speak more to the fact that the, like, motherfuckers going out of their way. Don't feel like you have to. Yeah, don't feel like you have to, A, but B, just like. It's just so nasty, people going out of their way, and it feels like like some of these trolls and some of these losers online like set an alarm, it feels like, to wake up early in the morning so that they can get a 16-hour shift of talking down on people and talking about people's bodies, their features, like, etc. And it's just like, you losers need to find more time. I want to say, like, that's so fucked. That people can dedicate that much time to talking shit on a human being. And at the same I can only time, imagine the mental implications. And especially with, and I can't reiterate this enough, like I cannot imagine, imagine what it feels like to be a woman in 2020. Like really. And so I'm just going to say this though, because at the same time, we don't know her. Mm-hmm. And we don't know her motivations. Like this could have really been a thing since she was ten. It's like ah, I'm definitely. Gonna That's why I said not just like, yeah, yeah, the summer. Yeah. So this, this could have been a thing long, long time coming. Like that she's been playing. Like okay, when I get to this uh, a point where I can, I'm gonna change this because fuck that. And this could have been since she was ten, nine before like spotlight and shit. Like this uh, self image thing that she had about herself. Uh, but at the same time, and that's why you know even looking prior, like while we're making jokes and shit, like why I try and refrain a lot of times is because again, we don't know these people and she probably never heard the off space. She might've though, but she probably never heard the off space, <laughs> but there were a lot of people like with all these musty, musty jokes and all this other shit. It's like, you know, it's, it's funny and stuff and everyone can catch jokes, but I don't, it's like, I don't even want to make those type of jokes at times when I see that's all people get. Like, it's funny to make that on the person that never hears those jokes and making letting everybody know that they can catch the rose and letting everybody be included in the laughs and shit of like just being roasted and being joked on. But when that's all somebody hears, it's just like, why beat the dead horse even if the shit's funny like a little bit? Because at that point, it's 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 bullying. It's, it's, it's abuse, even if you don't mean for it to be because, you know, you're just giving everybody a joke. But it's like, if that's all they hear then you got to let you got to ease up at a point. And that's why I do want to come on our platform, our little platform, whatever the fuck it is to come and say that I rescind any comments I've ever seen, said about this woman because she is a very talented, very beautiful woman at the end of the day in all seriousness. And whether it comes to women in general, I'm going to try my best to, you know, like think think more clearly and think think in a better view when it comes to, you know, talking on some of these topics even when it comes to jokes and roasts because like, we're not about to be soft and we're not about to, um, 
go out of our way to not give roasts because anybody can catch these roasts. That's just how we are in general. Me and Ezgo probably just roasted each other for like two hours before we started this fucking oh podcast. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just how we are as people. But I understand, like, these people don't know us, right? These people don't, like, know our character, know our real world views, and know how we are. So, I mean, sometimes you do need to be a little bit more careful with some of the words you say and some of the things you put out there other than when it's narratives against Ezigo, but it's just because, like, these are human beings at the end of the day. Except other than when it comes to, I'm not going to lie, though. I'm, <laughs> again, I probably shouldn't even say this, because I just recently learned I was ignorant, and this isn't even the best material, but I used to say I'm Teflon, you know, like, I'm built for tough, but sometimes shit hurts. You can't be built for tough if you shit yourself. Bro, do I look like Gun Girl? <laughs> yes, Loki. You look like Gun Girl on the face. Then she might be cute. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, she could definitely catch Rose. But that being said, that's all I wanted to say on that topic, just so we can kind of give a PSA our own way that we know because of the fact that I feel like it's our responsibility as, you know, cis hetero men to use our platform to inform other people that are just like us. Because people that are like us, unfortunately, listen to people like us more than listening to people that look like them, right? And so moving on to the next topic, just keeping in music once again, is the Meg Thee Stallion situation. And this is something that we don't have all of the details. Things are coming out all the time, so we're not going to speak in explicit detail about it. But just like a big TLDR of the situation at hand is that Meg Thee Stallion is having um, old label issues because she signed to Rock Nation Management. And I guess now a lot of light has been shined Mm -hmm. on... A lot of the dirt, in her words, once again, because we don't know all the details, dirt that went on in her old deal with 1501, which was an independent label in Houston. And she claims that she's made them like $7 million. She's only gotten paid $15,000, and that, which is crazy. And, <laughs> that's, that's not funny, but the difference between that dollar amount is funny. And that she got a $10,000 advance years ago when she signed. It's not even believable. And that, like, what? That is crazy. And then it was some crazy numbers. Like, they get all her show money. She, she They get 60% of, like, everything else. And it's just like, damn. And so I, I know you feel strongly about it and want to push, uh, kind of like advocate against, like not against these practices because they're going to keep happening, but advocate for people becoming more <laughs> like literate. And no. like, I'll these. say my piece and I'll keep it short, right? And then I'll let you say your piece. My piece with this is business is predatory at the end of the day, right? And I'm just going to sound like a Republican for a second and then I'm going to bring it back. Business is very predatory, right? The music business being one of the slimiest and most predatory areas of business. That being said, it is still a business. You did still put your name on a dotted line. And I don't want to vindicate this woman because I don't know the details of the deal. So I'm not just speaking about Meg. I just want to say, just taking away my opinions from the whole situation in general, because my opinions don't matter because of the fact I don't know the details, right? But just saying like, I do really feel for artists especially in a time now like 2019 2020 and onward which i mean people are still getting preyed on to this day trust me especially a lot of the more uh, marginalized people in these industries but it's like it just does make me sad in an era where we're trying to push literacy in these areas and industries you know as best as we can that it's still happening to obviously some of the biggest artists in the world Mm -hmm. and so my main thing would be to say even if it's one person listening to this podcast, 
that is in the music industry, my only advice that I will give, and the only thing I will say there, and I will save my comments, and I'll let Ezgo get his comments off after this is, if you are dealing with any form of just legal papers from anybody, it's not just the music industry, just any business, but I will say the music industry, especially because of how predatory I know it to be, I don't know much about other industries. So that's why I'm speaking on the music business. Get your own lawyer. Yeah. Even if you have to go into debt to get your own lawyer, because these motherfuckers, if you try to trust the label lawyer because they're going to smile on your face and they're going to mm -hmm. say whatever they need to say to get you to sign that line, they will make some perfectly good English. The way they will twist these words will look like a magic trick. They will make it into Spanish and they will convince you that it is the easiest English in the world and then they will get you to sign that line. And even so playing on get that, your own lawyer. Even playing on that, like two things, I know... While it's not ideal or probably won't have the best success rates, if you really don't know anybody that knows law, like go to a local law firm or someone from your community and things that you have a connection to on like a base level, like I'm from the area you're from, you might know people I know, like whatever, and try and see if somebody will help you out pro bono, which again, might not have the best success rates, but it's still worth a shot because I feel like people will deter themselves from doing things because of the... 3% success rate, but again, we used to play video games like this nigga talks about where there was 1% success rates, you were letting, letting it fly. Relentless with those 1% scrolls. Because like, at the end of the day, you 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 need to, once again, this is not vindicating her, this is just yeah. advice for other people. Sometimes you do need to try those things because even if you don't have a dollar to your name, you don't see it feasible to go into debt for these lawyers, even though it's an investment to your future. Like just going around and asking, you you... You might ask a hundred lawyers, but that one might say yes. Mm -hmm. That one might say yes. So it's worth doing because a lot of these people that are, have become successful, like I just like to keep using our parents as an example because of the fact that we've seen it with our own eyes. Like our mom is a very successful nurse at this point, a very successful nurse and has reached all levels of high ranking when it comes to nursing. Mm -hmm. Every time I ever mentioned to her, that one of my friends is going into nursing. Obviously, I reserve this for people I really fuck with. But every time I ever mention it to her, she's instantly willing to help, wanting mm -hmm. to talk to those people if she can. It's just like there are people that realize the struggle, have come from the struggle, or have seen it themselves that will help you if you reach out and try. And so this also goes into the second point, which is uh, kind of plays into the whole six degrees of Kevin Bacon or like Bacon's Law thing, where um, it pretty much suggests that uh, two, any two people on earth are six or fewer acquaintances links apart and so there's always a lawyer or there's always somebody in law that you're probably only six at most six people apart from so if you could figure that shit out and find that person that you, uh, you could at this point even have a better connection to than being from the same place you know somebody that knows them you can set yourself up in the better position because this all goes back into what I'm going to say next which is, again, I'm not going to pretend to put myself in someone's shoes who might be trying to put on for a, fa a whole family living in like a single uh, room with bare essentials that they need to survive and like no uh, luxuries or like anything nice in life. And they're just like trying to make a dollar out here and doing what they when they see like an opportunity at any decent money, no matter like because decent from me to them might be different. Decent from them to like fucking Bill Gates might be different. But again, like. I'm not trying to put myself, I'm not going to even pretend to act like I'm in their shoes, but this is just advice to all young people who are in these positions. It's believing yourself enough that 
when you, because there's certain things that you know are going to be fishy, especially if you want to have longevity in, in an industry, in an area, you know you're going to want to be at a point where your shows you're going to want to make money off of, you know, especially if you're the reason that a thousand people are coming out to watch you. And again, like I'm not talking 10,000, I'm not talking 100,000, I'm talking a thousand. That's still a fuck ton. If you're going to be at a point where that many people are coming to watch you, then you know you're going to want to make money off of it. So put yourself in a position where you'll at least have the opportunity of doing that somewhere down the line. I know like that instant payout might seem nice, especially to change your whole situation from what it is. But again, believe in yourself enough and work hard and not just work hard because that's terrible. But I want to say like stay diligent on believing that you can do what you need to do to get done to be in to have your cake and eat it, if that makes sense. And remember, and once again, this is a lot harder to say. And the reason and the reason obviously we come from a different place, so it's easier to say from us to other people, of course, but it is something that can benefit everyone if you know, you're able to hold out, you know, but that belief in yourself, you have to think about how predatory this shit is sometimes too. I know it's going to be really difficult for the kid who his mom is working 16 hours at McDonald's to bring home a measly check every single week while he sells water on the side of the streets, just like shit we see in Atlanta on the regular, let alone big cities, to turn down $200,000 in cash that he sees right in front of him, yeah. or like $10,000, this amount of I was about to say, say let's, let's say $10,000. No, $10,000, even $10,000 yeah. just when it comes to like the Meg situation, but it's like, we're not saying that's what these situations are, and I understand how predatory that is, but, but sometimes... And once again, I understand this is easier for us to say than certain people. Not all money is good money. No. Right? And sometimes that first bag that you deny, that first five bags that you denied, will lead you to the, the baggity bag, which is what God set up for you, the universe, whatever you believe in set up for you. But sometimes it just takes that diligence and that willingness to go through a little bit more hard times to get to that bag. Because I know there's people out here that have stories where they passed up on positions to come to the u.s from like countries where they're really being prosecuted really being hunted and shit and like life is tragic every day it's a, like I'm not saying yeah and like i'm not trying to uh i, I don't want to pre have to preface like this but i'm not trying to compare this to people in certain communities and shit but like again going back to these third world country individuals passing up on opportunities to come to the u.s for a better life because the opportunities that present themselves weren't always the best sometimes they were tied in with drugs sometimes they were tied in with shady individuals and uh immediate payouts and immediate like benefits but they knew it wasn't going to be the best for them like lo with longevity because like they want to come to a better life but they still have to live that life out for decades so it's like making sure that you do it on terms that you're going to be proud of and looking back in 10 years and so Moving on from that, though, again, any final words on that for like people that this might be affecting that are listening to this podcast? Um, I don't have any. Uh, I, I, just final words I can say to y'all once again is try your best to get your own lawyer if possible. Don't be afraid to ask anybody for help. Like, don't be afraid to ever ask anybody for help. Sometimes we have to lower ourselves, like really lower ourselves. Like whatever, whatever religious text you believe in, if you don't believe in any religious text, just looking at the universe in general, mm -hmm. right? There are many a situation where you've seen the biggest people on the planet that you've ever seen at some point have to lower themselves to the point where it almost seems like getting on their knees and begging for someone else to look out for them. Yeah. And so I'm somebody that's a prideful motherfucker. It was one of the hardest lessons I ever learned in life was to ask for help sometimes. But really, you have to lower that pride sometimes and... 
and just deal with what you're dealing with and ask for the help of the people. This is a you. beautiful conversation that we'll probably get deeper to like later on and in other podcasts. I know we always say that for some reason, <laughs> but it really, and it's crazy because in America, especially with like individualism and carving your own path and shit, a lot of times too, people stray from the idea that you need others help or like you, you're better as two or like three, four, like a group than like one get for accomplishing a task, but that's real shit. And it's, this has been how people did it all throughout history, whether they're going on big game hunts or, you know, trying to like start an industrial revolution or some shit. Like it, it took a group of individuals rather than one, like Tesla, uh, Edison, all these motherfuckers couldn't have done what they done, uh, did without working with other people. But, and so the next thing, it seems like this is the female empowerment podcast, but <laughs> before we go on, and I know we're going to get into basketball later. The Pelicans let the Timberwolves score 72 on them in a half. Anyway. My heart hurts. It's, it's all right. No, because this team is fire now. It's just, I don't know. I don't like the Timberwolves. We're going to we're gonna get to sports later, of course. And we have a good chunk of stuff to speak about, actually, when it comes to sports for once. Because usually we've just been stretching fucking... Uh, <laughs> Jesse just texted us, good lord, the Rockets are butt. <laughs> just while we were talking about sports. That's funny as fuck. But anyways, um, the last thing we will say is, before getting into a bunch of the sports stuff that we have to talk about, is the Ari situation. And I'm going to give it an abbreviation of just like what happened and just use it as an event, uh, use it as a chance. Like I'll wrap this whole section of myself, to be honest, I'm just, a, I'm going to be honest, y'all. I'm going to step out for like a minute, but Chuka's about to give you the good rundown on this one. <laughs> and so Ari, as a lot of people know, I think like some of her social media tags are like Kyle's sister or maybe Ari the Dawn. She's, she first came into um, prominence as Gerbo's ex or Gerbo's baby mama from back back in the day. They haven't been together for a little while now. And she always got she keeps a viral video. Just like a lot of these niggas keep a hit. Like she keeps a viral video like every single week of just shaking her ass, having fun. Like them pillows look crazy the way she moves that shit. And she's been able to keep that bag. Like it seems like she's getting a lot of money like a lot of companies pay her to, you know, model their clothing. She gets a lot of club um, spots where she'll come and promoters will pay her, obviously, to bring the turn up to the club, et cetera, et cetera. And so <clears throat> one of the moments that happened this week in relation to Ari, I guess, was there was a viral video that went around on Twitter this week just talking about how she was in there. <laughs> hey, what's up, dog? How she was in there and how she looked a little bit dead compared to how she normally looks just like low energy she wasn't really moving as much and the club promoter was just being really really misogynistic just like kind of grabbing her and be like nah 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 you gonna come up here and shake your ass like just saying like vulgar things just basically telling her to keep the turn up up and the main thing that I have to say about that situation is because I saw a lot of people arguing about it on Twitter. There was a bunch of people saying, oh, you can't tell somebody what to do with their body. And then there was a big, bigger group, which made me so fucking disappointed. And it was mainly men. Once again, this is why it seems like the fucking female empowerment podcast. But it was a big group of dudes out there just really talking about like, yo, if you get paid to do something and you know that's the only reason you want them to come to a club, like if you pay a clown or you pay an animal or you pay the circus, you pay whatever to come do some things, then you always expect them to do exactly what you expected them to do when they get there, right? But the main thing for me is just like 
at the end of the day, this is a human being. Like, we're not talking about an animal, which I still think people need to ease up on these animals. Yeah. We're not talking about, like, anything caged. We're not talking about something trained for a show. We're talking about a human being that you liked her ass enough to pay her thousands of dollars to come to a club. So she can choose to shake it if she wants to shake yeah, it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She so, might have been having a bad day. I feel know? like it, it all goes like, back to A, too. The realistic expectation is expecting somebody to do that when it was written in the contract or, like, in their agreement to be at this place. Like... If the promoter is explicitly asked, so I need you to do this for about a 30-second spread. I need you to do this for maybe like a minute. Pop in, do this three times throughout the night. Like, Bro, you think that's the, realistic. You think the promoter has in the contract for no, Ari Shake Your Ass? Definitely not, but they just expect her to. They should start doing this if they, that's what they want to see at certain points. You know what I'm it's, saying? It's just like, the, it's, I was talking, you know, Chuka brought it up to me earlier. We were going through it. We were going to talk about a little rundown. And it's just like, ask Chadwick how he feels about this shit because I know at this point, legit, if... Anybody comes up to this man just asking, it's got to be on the street. Can you hit me with the Wakanda forever? He's probably no. For sure. Instantly no. You know, he you know never wants to probably get them. You know, he never wants to cross his arms ever oh again. Goodness. Ever again. <laughs> he's crossed up his mind, crossed up his heart, he's saying crossed it up to the game. He's never doing it because you can't expect people to just be on certain shit on your time when they're real human beings. Because these are human beings at the end of the day. So that's all I really wanted to say on the Ari shit. And so, look, no. I'm not going to dance for y'all if you ask me to come out. I'm not going to pose for you. I know I'm Michael Jackson with the dance moves. No, you're not. <laughs> Wait, he is on. the only one with let me the talk my, Let me talk my shit. Oh, yeah. Shit, talk your shit, King. Let me talk my shit. <laughs> I know I'm New York Fashion Week with the dress, with the dress, with the pose. You feel me? Bro, I'm not do doing it for y'all. <laughs> DJ doesn't believe a single word of what we're saying right now. That's funny as fuck. And so... I mean, we had some more music news, too, but we're running out a lot of time right now. Granted, yeah. I mean, fuck it. We can give people the long pod if they I want the long pod right now. The last thing was the, the flock. Whoa, how many things after that? No, the flock of shit, and then we have sports. But, um, I yeah, guess... Yeah, yes, fuck it. Today's the music podcast. I guess today's the music fucking podcast, and oh, it's going to be a longer one, too, because people have been looking once again we have been getting hit up by people just like looking for where the fuck the episode was i really didn't give, think y'all gave that much of a fuck about it i know a lot of y'all like the podcast but the fact that people were hitting up like yo where's it at yo where's it at i was like oh people i like that us? i like that i like that make sure to like comment and subscribe <laughs> bro you hit us like a fucking youtuber <laughs> we're gonna have to hit i can't wait till we have the video it's just like gucci <laughs> <laughs> but um Falaka had the internet up in arms a little bit and people were a little bit mad about it just because of artistic expression, which I never understood why people are mad at someone's own opinion about themselves. Like that shit is mad confusing to me. But his comments were, and I quote, his favorite rappers are like a Nas and a Rakim, right? So people that are known for bars and rapping, right? And so he said that his music is butt compared to that. He said his music sucks. He says the only reason that people like his music is because it's so real that you can feel it. And I know a lot of us with like Flockabelli, like Grove Street, like there's many a Flocka song that we could consider cult classics at this point. Like music I've heard, that really I've not been tired of No Hands since I was in eighth grade. I'm 22 years old now. You know what I'm saying? Like that man has really great music to us. But if an artist starts a conversation by saying his favorite type of rap is boom bap, and then you listen to what he makes. Why can you? Why are you mad at him for saying his music is ass? Didn't expect. Like, that's weird. Uh, I don't think. First like, off, I didn't. I didn't see like resounding things. Again, like we follow different people on social, and our circles are very different on social. But the resounding opinion and like attitude I heard to like this Waka video was, 
almost encouraged me, like, wow, you don't make ass music, man. Like, it's, and then people were tweeting, like, uh, videos or, like, gifs and memes about, like, uh, Waka, I make ass music. And then it was, like, me listening to, like, Flockavelli and all this shit, just going nuts, just stupid. It's like, ah! I still go stupid, bro. I instantly, bro, when Flockavelli first came out, I promise you, that day, I went into Spanish class, my Spanish teacher in 11th grade tried my soul, we had like a 10 minute intermission, I went outside and listened to Flockavelli, and then I came in and cussed her out. Like, there's just feelings there. I got suspended for the rest of the semester in her class, like just that one class, because there are just certain feelings that certain music is the only thing that it can bring oh, out of for me. sure. Like, what? Like, that he brought was, out the rage. And I, don't, he, I don't know how. He like, brought out the rage crazy. He made niggas like Machine Gun Kelly. And I can't talk shit about Machine Gun Kelly because I liked him a lot at that time, too. I remember, I remember this him. man's PSN. No, 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 no. We M can't MGK say that. Lace Up. Whoa! Go ahead and find it because it's somewhere out no, there. No, no, no. I, cha I changed it quick. That was an embarrassing Ooh. time. But, but, Ooh. but, let's just say, <laughs> let's just say, I mean, that was just an interesting tidbit from the week. It's kind of fine now to see him, though, transition to EDM. Not like I listened to Because that's it. a big bag. I'm not, no, not, not even for the bag aspect. It's just like, it was unprecedented. Waka Flocka making EDM when the kind of rap he was, he was making trap. He transitioned music. early. Yeah. Like, he was one of the first on the EDM wave. Yeah. Like, so seeing him just like go. I'm not going to say first. I don't, I don't know the most about the EDM world. So mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want to like, for EDM people. Sorry, let me go ahead and say this the actual way because I thought everyone would assume what I was saying, but I forgot not everyone is me, so yeah. you have to spell it out. He was one of the first rappers yeah. to transition into the EDM world. He wasn't obviously one of the and first EDM like artists. This man like, just what the make fuck? it, and that's different. <laughs> but that shit is crazy for sure, for sure. So shout out to Flocka. You know we might have some EDM listeners out there about the fact check. Man, us. fuck y'all niggas. Fuck y'all's loom. Fuck y'all's <laughs> all of that EDM shit. Y'all niggas still listen to Skrillex. Y'all say that is booty boof. It's Elenium, boy. What you oh, know? Elenium. Fuck Elenium. <laughs> hey, hey, Lenny, if you ever listen to this, we'd love to have you on the podcast. No, ha come on the pod. <laughs> but, but fuck all that. But um, I guess now it's time to get into some sports talk. I want to start the sports talk by saying, like I've said for the past month. No, 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 for sure. But I wanted to start. Huh? I was saying the rest, but like the, the young one. Yeah, we're going to get to those. But I wanted to start it yeah. by going ahead and saying, once again, RIP to the legend, RIP to the GOAT. Kobe Bryant. I watched the Kobe Bryant, um, the whole funeral that not funeral, the just the memorial because they had a private funeral. Which I'm not even actually. This is a segment. Usually, I like to combat a lot of stupid ass comments, but this is a segment I'm gonna just like oust all this. Did you really comments. see a comment saying that people wanted them? No, to no, no. I saw many a comment. That made me want to blow my brains out about this whole thing. But we're not even going to get into it. So, just we're going to talk about the memorial. The memorial was very, very beautiful. I believe that. Um, and so, we just want to give a shout out to that. Shout out to Sabrina Ionescu as well. Just girl because fi. that girl was super fi. But on top of her being fi, just like some of the moments made like through... And, like, her speech was really touching as well. Shaq's speech was really touching. He had some good points there. Jordan's speech, like, really made me cry because of how I feel towards my little brother. And so the fact that he really just tied that all in and probably the most real moment that mm -hmm. I've seen from Jordan because that nigga really hates people. But, like, I won't, I won't obviously talk about Jordan. No, that, 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 had, that gave Jordan some redemption. This no. isn't even about Jordan, but it gave him some redemption. Some, some good redemption for me. And just some of the non-sports speakers they had, too. Like, it was just such a beautiful, beautiful memorial 
for Kobe, Gigi, and the Alta Belly family and everybody else involved. And so I really wanted to give a shout out to that. Like, boy, I thought that, and I'm not gonna act like I've been the like the most dead about this shit, even though that shit felt like a heart punch to me, like it did feel to a lot of people in the world, you know, when Kobe passed. But like I shed my tears like first week and then I was good, right? Mm -hmm. Just because not like good as in happy, but good as in like when life moves on, you yeah. know, we're going to keep pushing and just keep mama mentality. Exactly. But I promise you watching that memorial felt like the day it happened. Mm -hmm. Felt like the day it happened just, but in like celebration too, in celebration, like you were really, I was really sad and the emotions were flooding back, but it was also like a celebration of the life of somebody that meant so much to so many. There's so many Kobe chants in between like, uh, people Things were yelling MVP and shit like that too. Like Kobe I, and MVP. I had to tune in late. Well, with the fadeaway, man. I, I had to tune in late. But so some of the uh, people that came on, I only got to see like highlights of, uh, it's weird saying highlights, but like highlights of like their speeches and what they said. I think it was like Diana Taurasi talking about how. Diana Taurasi was fine. Gigi, it was a shame because a girl her age hitting like the turnaround fadeaways and shit on people and having that bag at such a young age when LeBron just learned how to do that <laughs> was kind of nuts. <laughs> that was a funny little Just like hearing too. these comments were just fucking hilarious, but at the same time, like they're being dead ass, like these remarkable individuals. And uh, <laughs> Jordan talking about how he's going to have to see another crying meme of himself for three years. And thank God people didn't actually turn it into a meme. There were so many things where I was just like, all right, these are moments where you can't meme. Don't, don't meme these, please. No, I'm happy they but, respected that moment for sure. For sure, for sure. And so, like that, so definitely just a big, once again, a shout out to the greatest ever, man. And it's still, till the day I die, going to be my biggest hero. Because I don't think that's going to change for me personally and so moving right along um the on a more lighthearted note a little funnier note before we get into the different talks this nigga bro, capping bro big cap He's this capping. nigga captain planet no deontay wilder's new name is captain planet because all he does he's the cap in the hat because this man really said that because his outfit was 40 pounds, he didn't have legs for the fight, and that was a big reason that he got his ass He's definitely only saying that to sell, like, the rematch and to give reason why it should happen. He got his ass and, smoked! And, you know, he definitely doesn't believe it. Like, But but I will say this, because there was further talks on it and me listening on certain things. Uh, feeling that on your whole body and, like, I think it potentially could have he could have been wearing it for about 30 minutes before the fight. For that long, you're like walking around and shit, it really could have affected him, but who knows? And to be honest, you're Deontay Wilder, like you're not a regular human being. Like the amount of training, I know what these camps look like for y'all. Like you're, you're professionals. He I, got his ass smoked. He definitely did. Like smoked. I, I, I'd rather just even if it did affect him, which it potentially could have, like upon further analysis moving forward, I don't want to hear that shit. Smoked. Like, dude, you're a you were a world fucking champion. Like you don't smoked. Like top level athletes, I don't hear y'all make fucking excuses. You know what I'm saying? Like this is it's almost dis obviously it's nice for theatrics it's like oh he's talking shit about fury's win like it would have never happened if this bullshit didn't blah 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 let's get the rematch let's see it going but on a competitor level and people that like look up to him bro like, come the, on man but do the, better but the thing about the 40 pound thing that fucked with me is like deontay water was talking about how he trains with a 45 pound weight vest huh. so he trains with a 45 pound huh. weight vest but 40 pounds on him for potentially 30 minutes. Bro, you got your ass smoked. You got your ass beat. You look like a fucking beating rag. You look like a doll. You look like the fucking heavy bag when niggas train, bro. You got your ass 
stomped out. This nigga got killed. He looked like a Martin meme. I don't want to yeah. see a third fight. I about to say like I don't. After after the first fight with Fury, Fury had nothing to say but fucking like praises, sing praises for Wilder. First off, and you can just see like the amount of admiration, respect he gave him from like putting him out on the fucking floor like he was dead, and just <laughs> even though he came back. But for Wilder to take his loss like this, that's distasteful, man. And it's just like, you, you got outclassed. The man stepped out like he should have, just putting the fucking pressure on you. This you, nigga said he was you, singing pop songs. You, you let a nigga that was sitting know yourself, know your worth. You let a nigga that was looking at himself in the mirror singing Love Yourself by Justin Bieber before your fight come kill you. And you, you have the audacity it. to come back and talk about your fucking 40 pounds. You're, you're, a worse, fuck you. you're a worse boxer. You don't know how to box on the back pedal. Like when somebody's putting the pressure on you like that. And it showed. Man got exposed. Exposed by a six foot ten. Le- oh, I gotta say, I'm not gonna be disrespectful, but no, he. This nigga got exposed by a six ten leprechaun. Let's call it what it is, bro. Like, let's be this real. This man really looks like he's the Notre Dame icon trying to fight. Bro, like he got his ass battered and bruised. Like, I don't even want to spare any punches when it comes to, no pun intended, because fucking Fury did not spare any punches on this nigga when it came in terms to fucking Deontay Wilder. He got smoked. There was not a minute. No, 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 no. I saw people like Chance Hall sending out There was not 10 seconds of the fight that looked like Deontay Wilder was winning. I saw people like Chance send out the tweets. What kind of punches are, how the fuck are these legal? Niggas bleeding from his ear. That's not even, that shouldn't even be like, and like talking like, it's rigged, all these things. I'm like, nah, these are legal hits, bro. And to be honest, that's disorienting. Like, you don't want to see it, but those those are winning punches. because he got his ass killed, dog. Like, this, this is a gruesome sport, man. I know you're not a spectator, but like, apparently not, because this kind of shit happened. This is one of those that I really wish Wilder would have just taken it on the chin, gone through a couple more heavyweights that I know he could beat, but clearly not Fury, because he's outclassed. That is a man that clearly just put himself in the S class and knocked Wilder back down to the A class. Mm. Like... That is a man that just fucking dogged him, like dog walked this man on national television. So you need to re-earn that fight. I know there was the rematch clause, which he obviously used. Of course he's not going to. He doesn't want to lose his belt like that. No, but that, if no, he loses twice, though, no. nah, not only is that going to put Fury on top of the world, but that's going to be a very, very detrimental Wilder's fighting if spirit. Fury, if Fury does this again, by the way, I'm going to claim to be white for a week. <laughs> I'm gonna claim to be white. I'm gonna give up being an African American. This man's walking out of the house with the Johnson and Johnson baby powder all over. Bro, I promise you, I'm telling everybody my favorite food casserole. Like, I promise you, this I'm going to be white for a week if Fury comes back and does the same thing to him. And he even I promise you, Wilder's gonna still get on camera and talk the same shit too. That's the craziest point. That's the crazy. You think if Wilder gets this happen to him again, he's gonna still talk like this? No, I think this is pretty much because like the rematch. And it's not trying, to, and it's trying to give some reason to why it would go differently, and trying to rebuild that hype and like his ability to perform. If he gets smoked like this again, he's not, he's not, he's not doing a press run. <laughs> I mean, like he's gonna be sad. <laughs> and so, moving right along though to a little bit more controversial, which I want to preface this by saying this was the stupid controversy of the week, and we've already talked about a lot of stupid controversies, like. Travis Kelsey was talking about how he was excited to go to the White House after winning the Super Bowl. And then Twitter was just in a fucking uproar, which it's funny because of the fact that this Travis Kelsey shit almost seemed like, because I'm going to flip it over. I know we're in different circles because every time there's an uproar for you, people are just so casual for me. No, but the thing is, 
I don't just look at because of the fact that we do a podcast, and I know you don't be on social media crazy like that. I don't. Thank you. Alma doesn't believe it. I don't. I don't just look at my timeline. Like when something is going crazy, I go to the trending topic and then I read latest yeah. tweets and things like that. I do more field research than that because I know when it hey, comes. Hey, I know when it comes to my own up. circles of people, it's going to be a, one like concentrated opinion mm-hmm. a lot of the times because I follow a lot of similar like music industry type people. But like Travis Kelsey's whole white house thing it's it seemed a lot like which these might be tied for the stupidest things that happen because a lot of trump supporters we have to lead with trump supporters because we're going to get into liberals being retards too or dumb people because retards is not politically correct and so when it comes to um like garth brooks wore a fucking um deon sanders jersey and deon sanders number was 20 and it said sanders on the back and then trump supporters were in an uproar saying that they're going to boycott his concerts and that he, they're never going to listen to his music again because he's voting for a snowflake like bernie sanders which that blew my mind that was crazy but then the fucking travis kelsey like guys guys I know a lot of liberals out there were so mad because of the fact that donald trump is in office and can trust I, me can i say something before you go down this tangent what's up me as a young black man trying to navigate life in America, if I had the opportunity to be graced on a championship sports team, it could be a Trump, a bump, a chump. I don't care who's in the White House. I'm visiting it. You How know, many times in life do you ever bro, get to say you did exactly. that? Exactly. That's what I'm trying to And it's something that every champion has been able to do. Like, why would I miss out on my opportunity because an Oompa Loompa clown is currently bro, running off? That's what I was trying to, that's what I was getting to, like, dog. If I won the Super Bowl, and don't get me wrong, I don't want to take away from athletes that have declined yeah. it. because I'm see, not happy to no, see him. No, I see that as noble too, and I commend those people that mm-hmm. decided that they declined to go to the White House. But bro, you know what low chances it is to win a championship in your sport, right? So let's say Travis Kelsey said, no, he's been dreaming his whole life. To, to make it to the professional level. No, so let's say he's been dreaming his whole life about the whole like Disney trip and then super and then the White House like the whole nine yards that people do after winning a championship like the stereotypical shit right he's been dreaming his whole life about doing that as a champion and I'm saying once again not like a Steph Curry or like people that have denied it because obviously that is noble too these can both exist in the same fucking world I promise so someone that looked at it as the ultimate prize right and then Trump is in office, so they say, you know what, I'm going to miss it this time. And then play another 10 years in the NFL and never win a championship. Like, dog, I promise you, if my team won and I was a big star on that team, I'm going to the White House, we're taking that picture, I'm cropping the Oompa Loompa out, oh and then I'm it's framing my it boys, on my fucking wall. And it's me and my boys at the White House after a Super Bowl. Like, I'm going to get the, the good fuck? Photoshop. First off, like, I'm, being, I'm putting Barack back in the image. And I'm going to say something, too. Bro, I'm not even putting just Barack. I'm putting a little baby in the image with me. <laughs> we're putting, like, the whole black history <laughs> in the background. I'm not going to lie to the Steph shit. Well, obviously, you respect the reasoning for these things, and it, it takes it in a different perspective why people decline things, and you respect that. Steph's is kind of cheese, dude. And I'm going to say it's cheese because that nigga got to visit the White House with Barack in it still. You already did it. You already did it with Barack. And the thing is, though, so that's one thing is just like we were talking about, ooh, look at the range. Just like we were talking about us being able to talk about things from a certain area because of where we were blessed to come from in life when it comes to some of the label stuff we were talking about earlier. Like, yes, I do still think all of that's noble when athletes do that shit, and that's cool. Don't get me wrong. I truly believe you should stand on what you believe in. But even even just using that as a case, like, Steph, you, you, you went to the White House with a president that we all loved, 
right? Yeah. And so you got to take a picture with him. So of course you can easily say on trips two and three, after, <laughs> yeah. after you've already experienced it and loved it, that you're not going to go back because you don't like the motherfucker up there. Now for the ones that have that one opportunity and it's Trump and still tonight, it's like, look, man, that's tough. That's tough. And I still commend you. Like, I still I, commend I, you I, on standing I, on your no, own Like, tent. exactly. Like, it's tough in the fact that you've never been to the White House and the opportunity to really be, like, in it. You know, walking around, being in the Oval Office, all these things. And you have one shot at it after being in a high schooler that dreams of getting into college, playing for a top college, making it that far whether you did or not, which we already know, like, the, the statistics for being a D1 college athlete. Past that, you become a professional, which is far slimmer and past that you win a championship at that highest level slim. and now you get one shot and you turn it down that's and beautiful so many, to be able to even say to, to turn that down because of your morals and so many people but we're not going to fall about, the ones that do want to go because it's bigger than trump and so many people were talking about like bro my high school visited the white house dude why is it so special your high school was on the outside i did the same trip <laughs> we never made it inside the gates bro <laughs> and even then they're like bro you know what the chiefs can organize a fucking visit and they can go visit it while trump's visiting somewhere else bro like who fuck donald trump this isn't about donald trump this is about winning a championship and going to the fucking i don't know y'all make a big deal out of a lot of different stuff i promise y'all wake up in the morning go to the gym drink a lot of water you know what i'm saying do some good stretches like go outside and talk to other human beings do some good yoga and you know calm down because y'all motherfuckers stress about the stupidest shit i feel like the biggest thing for me is a lot of these perspectives though come from a place of like trying to be against the establishment and while a lot of times like these places Things haven't necessarily been for you and your people in the past. Uh, and I'm not just talking black people at this point. I'm talking for a lot of different people. But especially black people in America with the history of slavery and, and all. There's still a point where at least I personal, my personal beliefs fall in line with being able to reclaim these things in a positive manner for all people. And, and your people especially being able, our people being able to have a place in it. Being able to have our foot in it. Being able to say it's ours too. And this and we represent this just as much as the next person, you know, because individuals in the past have fought for this way longer than we've been alive and have gotten us to the point where we even have this opportunity. So let's step into it and say the shit's ours, you know. It's just like, again, going to one of our things that we talked about in the past, like a podcast for Black History Month, go ahead and check it out. When I was talking on Ralph Bunch and how he helped organize and start the United Nations and how in its... um inception he was arguing for and advocating for a lot of black people to start applying for positions in it and trying to be a part of the un because it's something that's going to be not not only was important at the time but was going to be important crazy important in the future and for black people to have their imprint as well-established members of it and being a, an important voice in this organization and being heard like it's all about you know making your voice heard rather than creating your own thing because we live in an, in a society where with the progression of globalization and where we are now I'm it's trying to separate is just unrealistic but trying to coexist in the best possible manner with all due respect towards all individuals in the way that they need to have it like need to have theirs and need to be perceived on the world that's the most important at least for me personally amen amen shouts out to the boy shouts out to mr bunch Fuck that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not even going to say What? That. No, I said stop, bro. You shit what? yourself. You can't say You hate like black people, You shit nigga? yourself. I did not shit myself. Oh, how does it feel when narratives start being made, huh? I do uh, hate black people. So. Stop. No, you don't. No, you don't. Yeah, you know that's not true, but I know you did shit yourself. But anyways. Oh. 
one of these days you're gonna publicly apologize after these heinous accusations against my name have been <laughs> resurfaced 20 years down the line i guess we'll wrap this up with um some nba talk real quick i think we can because right, i feel like it's already oh okay but the um quick things i will say with the nba talk was there was a uh, funny-ish situation with Spike Lee and the New York Knicks. With that nigga really thinks he's important. No, no, no. But the thing is, though, I want to put it in perspective. Because if I've given $10 million to a team as stinky as the Knicks have been, <laughs> then I would feel that important, too. And so this nigga Spike Lee says he's paid like $300,000 a year on average for the last 28 years to go to, to be a um courtside ticket holder for the Knicks and they recently made a rule change where all celebrities have to go through an entrance on 33rd Street and he's used to for the last 28 years going in through the entrance on 28th Street they already scanned his ticket and we all know how sports games go if they scan your ticket you can't get back in granted he's Spike Lee he knows his ass could have gotten back in but it's okay it's okay we're gonna skip past that part and just go by the rules there and he said they were giving him a hard time saying he can't use the employee entrance anymore and like all of this kind of shit blah 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 that's why he fucked up though he didn't pull a drink no, you got to become an employee. Oh, I'm an ambassador. This nigga should be an ambassador at this point. Really, though, like, but but to be fair, though, to be fair, there's two things. One, Spike, you got to follow the rules, obviously. Like, if they change the rules, it sucks. But, I mean, you're a human being and a person like the rest of us. But, but, for someone, for, someone that, for someone that matters more to the Knicks than any other figure in Knicks history at this point. And all their players. And all their players all their combined. Players. Just because of the fact that, bro... The teams this nigga has sat through watching be stinky and still be a super supporter, you got to treat Spike a little differently. Imagine he dies so. without seeing them win a championship. He might. I don't want to wish that on anybody, but he might. Like, and not, not wishing death. Wishing death after a long life and well-lived life. Still not being able to see one because that's what the Knicks look like they're on. Like, bro, that is the stinkiest, worst run franchise in history. Oh, my god. That goodness. shit is doo-doo sauce McDumpster cheeks. I, I'm not going to lie. It was still sad to me seeing the one Knicks game being able to see the fact that they won. Because it's like, now y'all want to win. Now y'all want to stop a moment that I'm trying to see LeBron take over and LeBron do all this. And to see them lose and LeBron get blocked at the end, it's like, Knicks, you got your win. But it's funny. That shit is saddening, bro. <laughs> but it's funny because... After this, even um, fucking um, Spike Lee went on first take to talk about how incredible the situation is and they should have alerted him beforehand and all of this shit, blah, blah, blah. And I get where Spike was coming from, trust me. Only him, though. He's the only person that that rule would mean something to me for just because of the fact that it's been 30 years of stinky mm-hmm. and he's been courtside watching it. Like, you got to show him a little bit different treatment in that moment. You could be like, next week, Spike... Please make sure to do this. Yeah. You know, like, anyway, so they were telling him to leave and like re-enter. Because yeah. that's a big fucking like uh, arena. So, I mean, you're doing a lot to go around the other side. You know it's what like, I'm saying? Because I like, just let me go in my seat right that's, now. That's what I'm saying. Like, at the end of the day, just be like, all right, just let me go right now and then we'll figure it out. But then the Knicks even put out an official statement saying something like it's laughable that he would try to talk down on us about this, blah, 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 blah. And so that was a little interesting. The, imagine the years that they've taken off of his life, though. They owe him. They owe him. And I'm not saying the time that he's spending the games. I'm saying the stress that it comes from being a fan. Like, I follow, I follow, um, fucking, uh, Wob and shit on, like, Twitter and, like, you do too, or, you know, and just seeing, like, what Knicks fans do, like, go through on a nightly basis. Being a fan of 
the most heralded stinky organization in history has to be tough. You always get your hopes up. Has to be for tough. sadness because you are such a big market that you always get your hopes up just to be crushed. When we pulled Zion, I low key felt bad for them. I felt bad for them too, and then I didn't care. And though. then I celebrated because <laughs> fuck the niggas. But I mean, like obviously they put all their hopes. Like trust me. So I understand that, and you know what? Like we had a few other things to get to, but we'll just get past them because we've been running like pretty deep on time and i do think you know what i'm saying like other than as go shitting himself we definitely put i did not for the record i did not shit myself (laughs) for the fucking record we honestly we made it at least 12 times with this man trying to push this narrative we honestly i think made uh what's that smell yo you really shit yourself no way all right but shouts out to you guys love all the listeners love the people that really fuck with us um we we made a good pod this week i think it was a good one it, it came together pretty well i hope you feel pretty good about yourself i do you shot about 12 for 14 from the line today to be honest so i think you were killing it you were killing it yeah yeah you, you definitely i saw a double double you know what i'm saying i might you're close to the triple double i might have had a triple single i might have pulled some draymond numbers to be honest but <laughs> <laughs> it was high effort john Carter. <laughs> <laughs> but my name is Chuka. My name is Ezigo. And this is the off space. Space, space, space. Yeah.